Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Competitive Edge Podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for joining me here today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from the weekend that was before diving into today's betting slate. Bit of a lighter betting slate today as well, so not a lot of plays, but we still have some coming at the end of the show Overall, it was a good sports weekend as a whole. Basically, post up on the couch for 48 hours watching college basketball. Unfortunately, Duke lost over the weekend, so it has me in a bit of a sour mood. But UFC went well. Um, happy as well to attend the Pats game on Friday night, despite them losing 9-5. to Apparently, every time I'm in attendance, they lose because they went on to win on Saturday and Sunday. So overall, good weekend. Ready to get into Monday's show. But before we do, let's talk about Bet99, which is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and EPL. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free, with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today, make an account, use code SHOOTERS at signup, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age to do so, and if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-531. 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. So how did the weekend go overall from a betting perspective? Well, Friday started out great. I mean, it, it wasn't our most positive day that we've ever had on the show, but when you go four and three, overall happy with how the day went. Um, the big loss of the day had to be that Memphis one. Um, losing by one point in regulation, that was tough for our two-unit Providence. They didn't even get close with Kentucky. And Kent State didn't either with Indiana. But ASU, they cover. Newcastle won outright 2-1. to one. Marquette blew them out of the water. And Michigan State blew out USC. So happy with that day. Now heading into Saturday, that was when we had our, our best day of the weekend. It was an 8-3 and three day. Um, starting from the bottom, I mean, Aston Villa money line was a relative no sweat. They won 3-0 over Bournemouth. 1-1 in that Brentford-Leicester game. Could have been a clean sweep. Tottenham gave up a goal in extra time that kind of sewered us there. But then we went 6-2 and on the college basketball slate. The under hit relatively easily with Furman and San Diego State. We lost with that Duke and Tennessee overplay. Uh, (laughs) we'll, We'll chat more about that game in a little bit. Arkansas wins outright. Princeton goes under easily with Missouri. Houston barely covers. Bama covers. UCLA goes over. And then the tough one of the day had to be that Texas minus five and a half. They end up winning by five. So not our best, not our worst. But then yesterday happened. And to say that yesterday was a tough day would be a massive understatement. To be fair, two late plays are kind of what saved the day and kind of stopped the bleeding a little bit. But we were down over four units yesterday. Uh, TCU with one of the most miraculous covers you'll ever see with them hitting that shot at the buzzer that they had no business doing so. Fairly, uh, fairly, they ended up uh, covering that plus 16, and then Kansas State won out right against Kentucky. Other than that, it was bad. I mean, UConn misses 
by a, just a single point. Uh, Michigan State wins out right over Marquette. That was our max play of the day. Um, Creighton, they beat Baylor. We were on Baylor yesterday. And then Miami blew out Indiana. So tough day for the show. But you can get it back really quickly with a positive day today. And so that's what we're looking forward to today. Now, let's talk tournament breakdown of how the weekend went overall games-wise. And we'll start with our team, Duke. They got absolutely manhandled versus Tennessee. I think it's fair to play this video today. I thought you were this worldly sophisticated guy, but you're just a fraud. Duke was one of the hottest teams in college basketball the last two, two and a half months. Tennessee, they were struggling down the stretch. But Tennessee just slapped them in the mouth and they couldn't recover. Now, Mark Mitchell missing last minute was a real big loss for Duke. But that being said, turnover battle they lost, rebounding battle they lost. Couldn't hit shots when they needed to. Tennessee's the deserving team here, and so they're going to advance. And they've got a fairly open side of the bracket now that they have FAU. And on the other side, you've got Creighton and Michigan State. Now, Purdue, they went down on Friday, 16 beats a one for the second time in the last number of years. But the second time overall kind of begs the question where college basketball is at right now, that we're seeing all of these upsets. But it's great to see Fairly Dixon. They go on, they end up losing yesterday, but still second 16 seed to win. Now, 15 seeds wise, Princeton, they continued to roll. They beat Missouri on Saturday. So they're going to be the Cinderella run team. Let's see if they can keep it going next week. Uh, Texas and Houston, they were down at, at the half. And let's be honest, we were really close to having a terrible bracket for the show had that not happened. So Texas and Houston, though, they come back and win their games outright. Houston showing a ton of grit in that second half and covering after being down to Auburn. Now, UCLA, they won a tight one. They did go over as well, but they advance in their side of the region. Xavier were really impressive yesterday against Pittsburgh. I watched that entire game. They couldn't miss in the first half, and they kind of just kept their foot on the gas and ended up winning by double digits. Michigan State might be poised for another run under Tom Izzo. Um, that's what these great coaches do, even when they don't have their best teams. I mean, they were a seven seed coming in. Uh, Izzo finds a way to get it done. And so shout out to Michigan State for the big win over Marquette. On the Marquette side, we got to start talking about Shaka Smart. Only one tournament win in his last nine games. This is a game that he probably should have won and was unable to do so. So let's see if Shaka can figure it out in the tournament because he's really banking off that VCU run about a decade ago. Creighton, they soared against Baylor yesterday. Shout out to Nembhard, the Canadian. He had a great game for them. Now, that's where some of these games went. Now, how does our hedge bracket look? Well, Duke's out from her final four, so that's a tough one to have. But the rest of it's okay. We have eight, four of our eight Elite Eight teams, but three of our four Final Fours. So we're rooting for Bama, rooting for Houston to make a bit of a run here as well. So let's hope that we can keep it rolling. I think we have UCLA as our third team there. So let's see if we can keep this bracket rolling. Hasn't completely busted through the first couple of weeks. So hopefully they can advance and continue to roll. So with that, let's chat a little bit more about what happened over the weekend. UFC-wise, I got a chance to watch that Leon Edwards fight versus Usman. Edwards, he controlled most of the fight, protected against the takedowns really well. The only thing that really kept this fight close was that point deduction in the third round. Uh, holding onto the cage Edwards did. And so Usman, I really expected him to go in and win that fight. Now Edwards, who's he going to get next? Could be Covington because he's calling him out, but Edwards seems to think 
that he doesn't need to fight Colby. So I'm curious where the UFC is going to go with Leon's next fight. And then Gaethje with the majority decision, he was a relatively high underdog in that fight, beats Fiziev. So shout out to Gaethje. He picks up a win in the lightweight division. Overall looked like a pretty solid card. I was only able to catch the main event, but really looking forward to some of these UFC events coming down the pipe. A lot of great fights to come. Now, NFL-wise, I should say, a few major moves over the weekend. Starts with Dallas, our Cowboys. I mean, they picked up Brandon Cooks, which is huge for that offense. They gave up a fifth rounder this year, sixth rounder next year. Great addition to the offense. They already lost Noah Brown this offseason, funny enough, to Houston. And so what it felt like in that offense last year was that they really leaned on C.D. Lamb. Gallup missed some time last year, and so when he was out, that offense really struggled. Cooks gives them a second option, a really solid second option in that, and then Gallup plays the third role. So I think Dallas offense could be a little bit more explosive next year, and it'll be tougher to cover Lamb overall. Laramie Tunsil, three years, $75 million to remain in Houston. $50 million guaranteed, a great deal for him. Um, I just really like this move. I think that protecting whoever their rookie quarterback is that's coming in, assuming that that's who they're going to draft this year, I think Tunsil will play a major role in that. And with his contract falling off in a number of years, that's when you'll start to have to pay potentially a rookie quarterback and then you may not want to hang on to Tunsil. So I think it's a great contract and a great deal for Houston. And then Marcus Mariota, he was added as the backup in Philly. I think it's a really underrated move. It's a one-year, $5 million deal. But I think that he's a great backup. And he's a better fit than what Minshew was last year. I think when you have a backup QB that plays very similarly to your starter, then it's a really wise decision by the front office. So I think that this is a great move. We'll see if Mariota even gets any snaps. If Hertz plays at an MVP caliber level once again next year, then he certainly won't see the field unless an injury happens. And then to cap it off, Ben Simmons missing the rest of the season. Uh, this shouldn't be a major shock. Simmons has been absolutely terrible this year. He's been okay from a defensive perspective, but when you're getting paid that kind of money and you're averaging a triple single, it's sad to see. Um, he's vastly overpaid. I don't know what the Nets are going to do exactly with this guy. He's clearly not shown the desire to get better. Otherwise, he would be better in the league. He came in with a ton of hype as the number one overall pick, and he's starting to teeter on that bus territory. I know he had a couple of good uh, all-star level years, but outside of that, he's now starting to fall off pretty early in his NBA career. So with that, let's head over. As I said, it's a lighter slate today. There is college basketball on today. It's just on the women's side. I don't know the games well enough to bet them, so I don't want to give out plays on it. But we got six NHL and six NBA games to get. All right, so let's chat NHL. Pittsburgh, they open up as minus 165 against Ottawa. Two teams that are trending downwards right now. You've got the Sens, who have lost five in a row. Um, but their last two were by a single goal, so that's interesting to see. Pittsburgh's coming in having lost three in a row of their own. And they got outscored 16-6 to over that stretch. So both aren't playing great. One thing that I did like was Pittsburgh in regulation today. Um, still waiting on goaltending matchups. Uh, curious to see who we get on both sides here. But I do like that Pittsburgh in regulation right now. I think it's a really solid number. And the fact that that line held overnight, I think, is very intriguing to see. Florida, on the other hand, they were minus 160 when they opened yesterday. Now that's all the way up to minus 190 taking on my Detroit Red Wings, expecting maybe a Bobrovsky in net tonight. 
taking on whoso I would anticipate, but two teams trending opposite directions. Florida's won seven of their last 10. Detroit's won just two of their last 10. I like Florida. I just don't know if I like them enough in regulation tonight or even uh, a puck line if you're feeling a little bit spicier with it, especially since Florida's not a great road team. So I would play the over if you're going to play anything, uh, but I'm staying away from this one, at least from a betting perspective today. Then you got Colorado and Chicago. Anytime you see minus 450 against plus 360, um, Colorado an overwhelming favorite. I think what's concerning about the NHL right now is that you look at yesterday, and I think almost every single game was a puck line except for that Vancouver and Anaheim game. So teams are getting blown out badly. Now, Colorado, even if you want to go minus one and a half, is not great odds today. Um, minus two and a half is only plus 105. So you really have to go to the plus two and a half if you're going to play this one. Betting on Chicago right now would be foolish, especially with what I just said about yesterday. So I think if you're looking to play, maybe Colorado minus one and a half is a nice parlay piece. You're probably not wanting to play it straight up, but that would be the only route that I would want to go with this one today. Then you got San Jose and Edmonton. It's very similar to that Colorado game, but you've got Edmonton. They're minus 340 uh, today with San Jose plus 270. Now, Again, minus one and a half, it's pretty juiced. You get it at around minus 145 right now, but it's at least playable at minus one and a half. San Jose, they're actually better away from home, uh, so that's a bit of a concern there. But Edmonton, they're a very solid home team in the league. It is a tough spot to bet minus one and a half ever, but I do think that this is a potential spot to do so, especially with all the scoring that Edmonton possess with that Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid line. And then you've got Calgary and L.A. This is one is kind of the toss-up of the night. It's minus 110 across the board. I'm expecting that we're seeing Copley and Markstrom tonight, uh, again, waiting on some of these goaltending matchups. But both teams are coming off losses. Calgary's better on the road. L.A.'s better at home. These matchups are usually tight between these two teams, but they're also relatively high scoring. So I think if you're going to play anything, you can play the over six. You can get it at minus 120. But I like the number. I think it's a good spot for a 4-3 to three or a 5-3 to three tight finish there. Now, NBA-wise, as I said, six games happening here. There's a few worth looking at, at the very least. I think one of them is that Indiana and Charlotte game. You've got Indiana are minus 2.5 today. Obviously, Charlotte incredibly banged up. Um, actually, it's even moved down to minus 1.5 if you want to play it. That's because Halliburton's out. You've got Matherin is a game-time decision, as is Duarte. Whereas on the Charlotte side of things, no Cody Martin, no LaMelo Ball, and no Mark Williams. Now, Charlotte has lost four straight. Indiana won the last head-to-head -head matchup as well. I know it's a road spot, but I think if you are going to play one tonight, it's got to be on the Indiana side, even with how banged up they are. So I would play the Pacers. I also like the Sixers today there. I got them at minus six and a half yesterday. It's all the way up to minus seven and a half. And how can you not like a team that won eight straight games? You've got Joel Embiid really pushing for that MVP right now. I think if he continues on this 30-point streak that he's on, I think it's nine straight games with over 30. They're taking on Chicago, who have won two in a row, which is a little bit worrisome. But how can you not like Philadelphia at home on this streak? And Chicago are a really bad road team this year. So I really like that Sixers number, even with as steep as it is. New York was minus seven and a half. Now it's all the way up to minus eight and a half today as they take on Minnesota. 
And this Minnesota injury report is long, to say the least. You've got Carl Anthony Towns is out. You've got Rivers game time decision, Gobert game time decision, Noel game time decision, Nas Reed game time decision, and Anthony Edwards is a game time decision as well. Then you've got a pretty healthy New York side. So Minnesota's coming off that big loss to Toronto. Knicks just beat Denver at MSG, so they're riding high. It is a tough game to bet, but I think if you're going to, you maybe look at the Knicks, maybe parlay it by a few points, and maybe buy it down with a Philadelphia or something if you feel confident with it. But that's where I'm going with that game tonight. Golden State minus 9.5 against Houston on the road. I don't want to take a double-digit spread. I know that the Rockets are on a back-to-back, so that's a little bit of a concern, especially since they lost by 10 at home to uh, New Orleans. But Golden State also coming off that rough loss to Memphis. They're a little bit banged up. Their big three is there, but I'm just not looking to play a double-digit road spread today. Then you got Memphis and Dallas. That one's almost a pick em. Memphis minus two and a half now. Um, Dallas hasn't played since that big win over L.A. on Friday. But let's face it, they had no business winning had the Lakers just closed them out. But Memphis blew out Golden State. My concern here is, is Memphis maybe overlooking this game a bit because they're coming off that rivalry slash revenge game that they had with Golden State. They both won two in a row. I really do like the over, though, at 229.5 if you're going to play anything there. And then to cap it off, you've got Sacramento minus 5.5 on the road against the Jazz. I do like Sacramento today. They just beat Washington by double digits. Now, Utah is coming off a big win against Boston at home. But Sacramento are 23-12 and 12 against the spread on the road this year. So they're really good at covering. Utah just above 500 against the spread at home. And when you've got Sacramento, who have won eight of their last 10, I like the points today if you are going to play anything in the late night slate of the NBA. So with that, let's head over to our picks for today. Our last call pick segment sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery. The Last Mountain Distillery is family owned and operated located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products, including their regular vodka. Their dill pickle vodka is really nice for a Caesar on the weekend, as well as their Saskatoon berry vodka and their old-fashioned. Support local, really love Last Mountain Distillery. Very happy to have them on as a sponsor for the show. So with that, let's head over, give you our three plays for Monday. And so we're going to start with that Philadelphia game. As we said, started at minus six and a half yesterday against the Bulls, minus 116 for one and a half unit play. Embiid, he's on that MVP run. Harden's playing really well. This team seems to be clicking at the right time. I think they win big. Joel's going to score 30 plus once again. He is not going to get shut out by Jokic once again, as much as I want Jokic to be the MVP. I just think the voters are tired of it. And so I think that we're going to see a big Joel Knight in a big win for Philly at home. I like the Penguins in regulation against Ottawa. Another one and a half unit play at minus 104. I have to fade Ottawa, especially on the road with their recent play. I know Pittsburgh haven't been great either, but this feels like a good spot for them. It's kind of getting to crunch time in the NHL playoff race as well. And so Pittsburgh really needs to ensure that they pick up a victory tonight. They do not want to slip down the standings especially since they are only one point ahead of Florida and they're on even games played. Cap it off tonight with that Calgary and LA Kings over. 
Flames need a big night. They are four points back of a playoff spot right now with a game in hand. Kings are just clinging on to that second spot in the Pacific Division. They want to even make a push for Vegas. They're two points back there. So I think we see the offenses click. I really like Coffley. I don't like Markstrom. I like the over over six at minus 120 for a full unit. But appreciate everyone who tuned into the show today. As I said, it was a lighter slate. We're kind of in college basketball mode still, trying to get back to that NHL and NBA grind. But really looking forward to today's plays. Let's get back on track right away after a tough Sunday. I think, if anything, that TCU late cover last night's what's going to get us there. And so let's cap it off with our favorite video on the show. Show me the money. Show me the money! See you guys tomorrow. Let's have a good day.